We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom, to One on One, the KC Sports Network podcast with myself, Mike DeVito, nine-year NFL veteran, and my brother, Big Jeff Allen, nine-year NFL veteran and Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champion. Uh, Big Jeff, what's up, brother? How you doing today? What's going on, man? Good to see you. Seems like it's been a while. Oh, it's great to be. It's great to be back. I always love this fellowship. Love talking Chiefs football from a player's perspective. Uh, before we get into it, Cookie Society, our sponsor. Listen, we're linemen. We know these things. Cookie Society delivers all over the U.S. Check them out. You, know, you see the T-shirt. Yeah, the best cookies in the world. Best cookies in the world. And I, I really, I would gamble on that claim. I would yeah. bet money on that claim. So you got to check them out. CookieSociety.com. Uh, and thank you to them for sponsoring us. And so, Big Jeff, I was going to wait until training camp started before we did our next one. And we're going to have that big training camp episode. We'll have some friends on to talk football and get ready for the season. But we had two things come up that I think was important to hit. And I wanted to, I was really excited to get your sort of opinion on, especially you being there so recently. Um, but that was obviously the Le'Veon Bell situation. And then the news that training camp is going to be back up in St. Joe next year. Yeah. And so let's start with the first thing, because this was really, this was really wild to see this, this stuff with Le'Veon Bell. And so uh, obviously there's some Instagram sub treat where, where Bell says, you know, I'd rather retire than play for Andy Reid again. And as you would assume, that causes a whole uh, storm of controversy, uh, and rightfully so. And so a couple of days go by of people criticizing Bell, and then finally he posts a, a string of Twitter posts where he says, look, I love Kansas City. I love my teammates, the locker room, the place. Uh, yeah. I just didn't like what Andy Reid and what he said to me. Uh, and he didn't mention yeah. what it was and what he said. So I have my own thoughts. Why don't, why don't I kick it over to you first, though? I mean, you know that locker room, and both of us know Andy Reid. Uh, what did what did you think about these comments that came out from, from Le'Veon Bell? I mean, I thought it was out of left field. I mean, I personally don't know the dynamic of their relationship or what went on in the locker room during his tenure there. But me knowing Coach Reid, I, I can't imagine them saying anything that would, you know, make someone feel that jaded or, or that was disrespectful. Um, professionals, he's a straight shooter. That's, so I, I imagine he probably said something to him that was truthful, but you have to look in the mirror as a professional, as a man, and accept that criticism because, I mean, a, a legend like his, himself has been in the game for so long. What he's saying, I was wait, and it's true. But beside that, he's, he's, he's a player's coach. I mean, we all love him. 
Um, he treats everyone fair. He gives you a fair opportunity, and it's up to you if you're going to do the work and, and, and capitalize on those opportunities. Yeah, and, and it's like what you said is across the board. I mean, it's it's just unanimous in in players' feelings for Coach Reed from his entire history in the NFL. And he it's not like he I heard somebody post, well, you know, because we had posted stuff to defend Coach Reed and yeah. saying, Oh, you guys are linemen. It's like, look, Andy Reed's dealt with. We we are the um, I guess because we're linemen, but we're the ones that don't usually get much attention. So um <laughs> We're okay with not being in the spotlight, but Coach Reed treats everyone fair, no matter what your position is, no matter what your role is on the team, whether you're the, the number one guy on the depth chart or, or you're the 53rd guy. He's right. going to give everyone that first shot. It's not about any politics or anything like that. He's truly going to give people a fair shot. And, and like I said, it's up to you. What you're going to do as professional, when you get those opportunities, um, for some people, they don't get as many reps because of their position on the depth chart. But with the reps that you get and the opportunities that you get in games, the film doesn't lie. And what you show, that is your resume. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. if, if your resume doesn't look that well, you, you don't have a job. Right. You can't blame other people for that. Yeah. I remember, I don't know if I told this this on here. Forgive me if I had already told the story. But my last season there in 2015, um, training camp had started. It was myself, Don Tari, Poe, and Jay Howard were working the inside nose tackle positions. Poe would have been hurt, and he was nursing a back or something. So he was going to be back for the season, but he wasn't doing training camp. Yeah. And Jay Howard was taking the reps at nose. And I saw the way that Jay was playing, and I saw the way that I was playing, and I knew, okay, it's just a matter of time before Poe gets back, and I'm going to be rotating in. I just can't. He's just better than I am. I mean, it's yeah. just what it is. And come around, you know, start the season, Poe comes back. Then around week three, you know, Coach Reed approaches me and says, look, he just like I thought, but he's like, he's playing better than you are. And yeah. so we're going to start him. He's going to be the starter and you're going to, you're going to rotate in. You're still going to get the same reps. And it's going to be the same thing. We need your leadership. Uh, but he's, you know, he's playing better than you are. And so we're going to go with him. And, you know, as much as that hurts as a player to yeah. hear, right. That, I mean, that, that kills you. You can't, you can't argue with that. I mean, you can't argue. And, mm -hmm. and, you know Coach Reed is doing that because he's doing what's best for everyone, right? He wants exactly. to make sure the team. He wants to make sure that the best players are playing. And I'm a guy that might have been, you know, I'd gotten paid the contract. I was getting paid more. I was the older guy. It didn't matter. It was the best guy was going to play. Exactly. Uh, and so that and, – and I'm sure that's just one of countless examples. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough, you know, as competitors and us, you know, like all of us are alpha males in our own right being professional athletes and getting to that level. So we all feel like we're the best at what we do. But unfortunately, there are certain points in your career career where you aren't as good as you were before, and you have to face that reality. And sometimes guys take a little bit longer to realize that and look in the mirror and, and not take it too personally. Um, it is a business. Like you said, you were getting paid more, you're older, all these different things that were to your advantage. But at the end of the day, the best guy is going to play. And, right. and sometimes some guys can't handle that. I mean, my last, my last year I was a backup. And I understood that was my role. Um, I do feel like there was some times where I could have gave the team better, you know, better games. But ultimately, it was best for the team. Yeah. And it was my role, and I stuck with it. I didn't complain about it. I went in every day with a good attitude, and I made sure that I brought leadership to the room. And and that's and that's all you can ask for. I remember watching you uh, the year after I retired, and and watching you down in Houston, and thinking, "This is the reason I retired." Like, thank God. <laughs> Against Jeff anymore. So I agree with you. You could have been out there definitely helping that team. 
Uh, but back to Bell. So you, you start out with the with the Pittsburgh situ- situation a few years back, and obviously things get tense there, and he sits out a year. Yeah. He said, okay, you got contract stuff. You know, you got he thinks he's at this level. They think he's at this level. And so that's obviously going to cause fighting. And so, you know, you don't blame Bell for that. Then yeah. he gets to the Jets, and it's drama at the Jets. Now, prior to this year, I had been covering the I've been covering New York. I obviously played for the Jets. And so I've been covering New York. And you want to see what Bell can do, right? He, he comes out of he comes from his year off, he signs with the Jets, gets his contract, and you want to see what he can do. And now, and he doesn't perform like the Le'Veon Bell that we saw with Pittsburgh. And I yeah. played against him when when Bell was you know at his spot when he's doing his thing. Oh, it's a nightmare. As a defensive lineman, it's an absolute nightmare because he's the type of guy that'll he'll slow down. He will slow down and stop right at the line of scrimmage and then cut and be gone another direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, just I've never seen anything like it. So I, I was excited to see him replicate that in New York. And then two years in New York, we don't see that. And you, you know, you see the blaming Adam Gase, blaming the OC. Yeah. Their team is terrible. So you say, okay. Maybe that is the case. Maybe maybe that's what's going on. Then he gets to Kansas City. Again, you, if there's anybody in the NFL who knows how to figure out what guys' talents are and then put them in a position to maximize on those talents, it's Andy Reid. Yep. Him and Belichick do it better than anybody. And, you know, you see some production, but certainly not the Le'Veon Bell production. And then you see this. And it's like, okay, yeah. You stop, stop one. All right, maybe it's the, maybe it's the, you know, I understand. Stop two, okay, I guess. Step three with Andy Reid, it's like, all right, you showed your hand now. This is clearly, you have been at least part of the problem this whole time. Because there's no way with Andy Reid's resume, he he would have, you know, done you wrong or had no. you know, done anything bad by, I mean, I, you, you have to come out and tell us if that's the case, because there's nothing that would lead any player, former player or, or current player to lead to that conclusion. So yeah, just, it, just it definitely blew my mind. I, I think my honest opinion on it, if I could give a take on it and, and kind of guess, you know, how the situation played out and how it played out for Le'Veon over the last you know few seasons is he's a talented football player. Um, obviously he probably still has something left in the tank, but he's been injured. Yeah. And I know the way coach Reed works you know, when you get hurt and the next guy steps up, if he goes in there, he's rolling, he's going to yeah. stick with that guy. It doesn't matter what point it is in the season. It could right. be a playoff run. It could be a beginning of the season. It could be the Super Bowl. Right. If the guy that replaced you when you were hurt is producing better than you were when you were healthy, he's sticking with that guy. It doesn't matter what your name is. doesn't matter what you're getting paid. Right. It doesn't matter how he feels about you personally. Right. He's going to make the decision based upon production. And I think that's ultimately what happened in the rug the wrong way. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. And, and you have to do that as a coach. Yeah. You, you little wrinkle. Sometimes you, th- you switch out a guy and it messes up the rhythm. And now <laughs> all the momentum grinds to a halt. Momentum is huge in the NFL and you, you can't mess with things. If some, if, you know, if things are broke, don't fix it. Right. That's the yeah, attitude. That's it. You, you got to do that as hard as that is. And as a, as a, especially as a veteran player, even as an all-star, you got to say, okay, I get it. I get it. Let me work. Give me a chance to work and show that I can still do it. Yeah. You know, don't don't put me out completely, which and, anyway, of course, wouldn't. But yeah. you understand it. You, you have to understand but what, it. But, but what would put you out completely is a bad attitude when you're in that position. Right. So if That's you aren't right. coming out working hard, if you aren't putting your best foot forward, if you're pouting about it, not being a good teammate, 
And ultimately, um, that doesn't like <laughs> that doesn't sit well with Coach Reed. And I don't know their situation. I'm just guessing right now. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, just knowing what I know about Coach Reed, this is what I believe. Can you think of it like so? I was there from 13 to 15. You, you, I mean, you were you were there obviously in the later years, but I'm yeah. sure you kept in contact with a lot of those guys. I did as well. I mean, can you think of a situation in that locker room over the course of time that Andy Reid's been in Kansas City that mimics this? I mean, I can't think of any, anything even close. None, none, nothing where not even – I don't even know. I don't know the Philly days, but I've never seen any bad press about Coach Reed, and it's not because people, um, you know, don't want to bad, bad mouth coaches. I mean, there's tons of coaches that are bad. They hear things in the media about from players or anonymous players or things as such, but with Coach Reed, it's always been positive. So that's why this has been all like so weird, such a weird situation. And um, I would say, even if you feel like that, read the room, right? <laughs> read, read the room and understand, like, hey, maybe I should, I shouldn't say this, knowing um, that I'm a free agent in a league where Coach Reed is so respected, right? I sh- probably shouldn't badmouth the coach of his his stature. Oh, it's such a great point, and. and- and the thing is, and Andy Reid has said this, and it's he's done it. He will go to bat for guys that he's cut. He will go to bat for guys that go into free agency for coaches that leave. He goes to bat for the guys that play for him. And so you're right. And this was a this was something I learned early as a rookie that I heard. I had a lot of the veterans tell me, like, listen, if you get cut, don't burn any bridges because nothing is final in this league. Everybody has connections. Everything's connected. You don't want to be pegged as you know, a jerk, or you don't want to burn any bridges. You don't want to have any foes. You don't want to have any enemies in this league. And I've seen that happen. Mm-hmm. I've seen guys get become, you know, labeled as exile, blackballed, bad teammate, right. the locker room guy. There's just too many good players on the market for you to be tagged as that and expect to have a job. Right. And unfortunately, um, guys don't learn that. And, you know, the league goes on. Right. And, and, and the locker room can be can be so powerful and yet so fragile at the same time in the sense that you get you get bad apples like that. You get a guy who's not a good, not a good locker room guy, a guy that's going to blame the coaches, a guy who's going to cause drama. Mm-hmm. It only takes one to uproot an entire you know, team. Yep. Right? You get the whole, again, the momentum, getting things rolling, you're getting everybody on the same page. When you get everybody bought in, it's good. But it only takes one guy to mess that whole thing up. And so no, – No one balances better – personalities better than Coach Reed. Right. Like I said, right. you're dealing with a locker room of all different types of personalities. Right. At the end of the day, we all are alpha males, and we all feel like we're the best at what we do. And it's tough as a leader getting those guys to, you know, play their roles and understand right. that not everyone's going to be a superstar and everyone's going to be the starter – but to understand that you are important and your role is important. And at right. some point we're going to need you if we're going to get to where we want to go. Right. And he does it better than anybody I've ever been around. His position coaches, Eric Bieniemy, same, Andy Heck. Right. It's just their reflection of him. And it trickles down to the coaching staff. And then ultimately we believe is a locker room. And that's why you see them winning games and going to Super Bowls and winning right. their championships. And it's going to continue to happen as long as they have that core. Right. And you know what's great about Andy Reid, too, that might make him – and I don't know Bill Belichick, obviously, but it seems like Bill Belichick is not a guy that's really approachable to many players. Where I remember Andy Reid, we would have our leadership meetings or it would be 
a team meeting. And he was very much like, listen, if you got an issue, yeah. you can tell me. You want to myself? tell me to go have myself. Like, what, do, let's shoot it straight. Let's get it out there. Let's fix it. I'm not always going to agree with you, but let's shoot straight and then let's go. Let's move on. I mean, he was very approachable. If you had a problem, you brought it to him. And I saw that time and time again where guys mm -hmm. wanted to do this or guys didn't like that and they went to him and he would either fix it or say, listen, I disagree and we're going to stick with this. But he wasn't, he wasn't a guy you couldn't come to with a problem. You know, he's not this guy that's this this high and mighty where you can't even approach. He says it and that's it. Uh, you can't approach him. So, yeah. and I think that's that's what makes him unique. And like I said, this is this is why this is so bizarre. Right. I mean, a guy literally t takes our our suggestions on cafeteria food. What do you think about what you're eating in the cafeteria? Right. He really cares about his guys that much that he cares about what's going on at home. Is right. the schedule okay? What do you want to wear on Sunday? Right. All these different things, like, that doesn't happen across the league. You don't have those types of meetings and relationships with head coaches. No. So I guess our challenge to, to Le'Veon Bell then is if you're going to make these claims, man, you got to come out. But against Coach Reed, a guy like Coach Reed with the resume and the background that he has. Show the facts. Uh, you got to show the facts, brother. Yeah. Uh, so now moving on to the second topic, something a little bit more fun to talk about. That is training camp back at St. Joe's. The news just came out. I I really enjoyed training. I mean, I enjoy is training camp. So yeah. I don't know if you enjoy training camp, but I really loved St. Joe's. The setup at Missouri Western, the way that everything was situated, the way the fans were right there in the morning out in that little grass area. We'd be going to lunch and coming back in from practice and. Just a fun experience, and it's a lot different being at the facility. So in, two, in 2011, I was with the Jets, and that was the year after the lockout. And so the lockout ended – I think you – did you come in that year, Jeff? I came in that year. Yeah. So the lockout ended – that's a hard year to, to have started. Jeez, I never would have made it if that was my rookie year. But um, we came in right at the last minute the deal gets signed, and so – in New York, we used to go up to Cortland in upstate New York. That year, we didn't do it. We stayed at the facility uh, in New Jersey with the Jets. And it was it was not the same. It was not the same. And originally, you thought, oh, this is great. We're going to be home. We can go home to our own house. You know, we're, we're going to be able to – we're in our area. There's a bunch of stuff to do. We're in New Jersey. And it really messed with my mind. It was like – it was like two yeah. separate worlds, right? Because you – when you go to training camp, you shut everything down and it's just focus on training camp. That's it. Breakfast, lunch, dinner for the three weeks that you're up there. That's it. That's all your focus. Uh, your family knows that. Friends know that. That's where the focus is. We got to get ready for the season. When you have training camp at home, at the facility where you're at home, it's like a blending of two worlds. I don't know if you've ever done it. but I, no, I, I've I, done it. So I'll give you my perspective. Yeah. On I mean, I started in Kansas City, so we were in St. Joe year after year. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> like, like I was like, I, I dreaded training camp yeah. um, because I didn't understand when I was younger that it was a necessary evil. Mm. And when I went to Houston, training camp was at our facility on site. The veteran guys could literally stay at home. So you got your family there, all these different things. Um, you know, you got date nights still. And it was just super weird. And then I realized, I was like, wait, this isn't comfortable. This is too comfortable. It's too comfortable. We're not getting better the way we should be getting better. We're not focused. And, and being away and being in those type of environments, the dorm environment, you get closer with your teammates. You start to learn 
more than just football, you start learning about your brother, the guy next to you, and you love him more, all these different things, and it all ties in. And a guy that you respect as a man and as a teammate, that makes you want to play harder for him. And I think that being away in that environment, it just puts everything together. Yeah, it's it's like that scene from Remember the Titans, right? Yeah. Where no, really. really awesome. we're, all struggling, we're all struggling together. And that, but then that struggle, struggle of beauty. And that's something that you don't quite understand when you're younger. But as you get older, um, your focus has to be 100% on football. Um, right. And training camp sets the foundation for that. And it just gives you that boost going into the season. And that's that's just where you lay, lay it all on the line. Right. And, and, and you really do – like it's not uh, – it's there's no faking it. You really do bond with your team. and, and Yeah. And because it's only you guys, right? It's mm-hmm. only you guys. And that's why these places are in. And I love St. Joe's. I love the same people in yeah. St. Joe's. St. Joe's ain't, you know, Kansas City, just like Cortland is in New York City. I mean, it, you really are with your team. And that and that's it. And there's, there's, yeah. and, and on top of that, like just the, the, the atmosphere of St. Joe's, yeah. you got the fans out there every day. You right. know, you're coming off the practice field, you see the fans. You're going to your dorm room, you see the fans. Oh, I love just the, the love that you're getting. the you know, the encouragement, because there's some dog days there I'm talking about where we're just grinding out. We're tired. Oh. And sometimes you're like, man, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this? But, you, but you're doing it because you love the game. Yeah. And there's people out there, you know, that are diehards. Diehards. They are diehards that nothing – they want nothing more but for you to succeed as a player and as a team. And, and when you see those guys, it kind of gives you a little bit more motivation. Oh, Chiefs Kingdom was the best fan base. I'm just unbelievable. I mean, I still – get, you know, messages and on, on social media and what yeah. have you. Uh, people sending me old photos of me at training camp and, you know, times I signed footballs or something. I mean, it was just, it was just great. I, I really missed it. And so it's a unique experience, obviously a tough experience. I, yeah. No. Here in Northern Maine in the, in the summertime and, you know, our hottest day, you know, might be 80 degrees. And so I know, geez, I'm going back to St. Joe for, for training, you're going to run the conditioning test, going to have all these practices. So I'm out here in 80 degree weather, <laughs> run sweatshirt, sweatpants. Like you would think it's the middle. No, of the you, you, you honestly miss it. Um, yeah. I, I miss it for sure. It's, yeah. it's that first week, especially, man, like like walking in for the first time, you know, getting situated, those introduction meetings, setting setting the tone, meeting some new teammates that might not showed up during the offseason training. training. Right. Um, sorry, I can edit that out. Sorry. Meeting some new teammates that, you know, show up for the first time that didn't show up during the offseason. Um, Clark Hunt always leads off with a, yeah. you know, a speech, you know, with the history of the team yeah. and what we're striving for. And that that is winning a Lombardi, but most importantly, winning the Lamar Hunt Trophy, which is named after his father. And I think that's just really cool to sit in the room and, and hear those things and know that you're one of the more important organizations in the NFL, the historic significance of the team. Um, what they mean to the NFL and, and what the original owner of the Chiefs that has done for the league. Hmm. So good, brother. Well, I want to I want to stop us there because I want to do our training camp episode. We're going to have some some you know oh, yeah. on to talk camp. We're going to talk about all our time up there, different stories, and so we'll save that for the next one. But just a little teaser of what's to come, and it's it's great to see training camp is back up in St. Joe, back up and running. Good to see the Chiefs kingdom can be up there to, to cheer on the team and as much as that means to all of us. And so, well, Jeff, it's been great. We'll, we'll meet again in July, talk about some training camp and uh, 
Chiefs Kingdom, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next time. Can't wait. Meet me in St. Joe. Go Chiefs. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.